You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com. I'm just kidding. It's not Frank Madden. Frank is not joining me tonight. A little bit of a a late one with the West Coast. And I guess technically Phoenix is mountain time. So it's not that late, but it's still pretty late. And uh, either way, I don't have Frank. I'm I'm very sorry about that. Um, But... We do have some interesting stuff to talk about because this is the first time the Milwaukee Bucks have lost two straight games. And this is the first time that the Milwaukee Bucks have lost to the same team twice this season. And that means they lost 114-105 to the Phoenix Suns, which is just a, a strange sense to say. And joining me to talk about it is my good friend Kane Pittman. Kane, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm still... Uh... A bit of a Burns victim at the moment. <laughs> We're real. But yeah, we, we are real. I would agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, back to back losses against the Phoenix Suns. We all we all predicted that that was the way this was going to happen. Um, I don't know. I guess the Suns have got the Bucks measure. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. No. It is. It is really kind of strange. And I guess looking at this game. The one thing that I think we heard in the locker room again and again was that, you know, I, I don't think the the Bucks were going to take our excuses. You know, I was asking, like, oh, you know, it's the end of a road trip. It's, you know, that, that can be tough. And they're like, no, we just didn't play good. Or it'd be like, oh, you know, you, you played okay defensively, but they just hit some tough shots. And they were like, no, we just weren't good enough. And, I mean, I, I will say that, I I think we were serving them up excuses to take, and all of them are just like no, which I think speaks to this team. Yeah, they've they've built up enough credit in the bank at this point to maybe say, hey, yeah, we are pretty tired. This is our third game in four nights. They've all been close. They've all been. You think about the teams they played. Obviously, the Kings. The game was wild. They go to LA and just the big build up of playing the Lakers, and and it was again a close game until two minutes to go. The Jazz game was just insane when they they didn't have enough bodies, you know, to to, yeah. to you know be anywhere near uh, the Jazz, and then they come tonight and, and throw up a bit of a stinker against a, a bad team. So it's it did feel like a bit of a letdown, but you're right, they were not they were not having that at all, and they were not interested in in having any excuses. They were just disappointed and, and probably frustrated with with how it played out. Yeah, I, I thought you know. I talked to Eric Bledsoe a little bit after the game, and he's just like, you know, like, I'm not going to win every game. Like, we, we we can lose games. That That is a thing that, that can kind of happen. And I was just like, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I can't really disagree. And, you know, when he said, like, you know, we, we, not, we can't win every game, I, 
and he kind of laughed and I was like yeah I guess so like this is um you know it's it's strange for us on the beat when we're asking these guys like oh this is look at you you know this is the first time you've lost two games in a row like we had to use the word adversity and I Brooke Lopez is a very nice man and certainly wasn't going to laugh at us for bringing it up but you know like I think when we brought it up with Brooke like you you could kind of tell that he was just like you know, like we lost two games. Like it's not, it's not a huge deal. And you know, I I would guess that's probably not how fans are going to feel. Uh, if my mentions are any indication that this is something to, you know, freak out about. But you know, I I thought what you said earlier makes to me a lot of sense. Is that this team has you know built up enough credit that you know if. And again, they all they all admitted they played bad. They all admitted that they should have been better, and th- they said all of that. So like, we're not letting them off the hook or anything. But you know, if you do drop a game to the Phoenix Suns, that you know that that happens. Like, good teams lose to bad teams all the time. It's an eighty-two game schedule. It's it's quite a grind. But you know, I, I think the only thing that might frustrate people about this one is listening to. Malcolm Brogdon say, you know, I, I think maybe we didn't take him seriously enough. Uh, listening to Giannis say that, you know, they played with more energy than us. They, like, we we didn't bring it and kind of put it away when we had a chance. And you know, like when you hear those things, that I think is kind of where it can be like, oh, well, you know, don't play with your food. Like you you had you had the Suns where you wanted them, and they certainly did. The it, it looked like, you know, it. This it gets close in the third quarter, and you know I was kind of thinking like, oh, this this might not go well. And then all of a sudden, Giannis just decides at the end of that quarter, he's just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I got this. Like I got, and you know it's it's a couple uh, posts up that turns in. I think one was a hockey assist. The other one was an actual assist. Uh, you know he has this kind of incredible drive uh, where he comes through and gets a reverse layup and uh, he gets a tip in and he's just he's just around and he's making things happen. They close up the the third quarter, eighty two seventy six, and then you know you go into the fourth quarter and they come out strong. Like they come out and you know kind of take uh, i think in some ways you don't take care of business like they build that lead up uh, uh let's see in the fourth quarter they got it up all the way to 10 i believe uh 91-81 on uh Eric Bledsoe free throw um I'm trying, i think that's the biggest one yeah that was the biggest lead in the fourth quarter so you know they get all the way up to 10 and then they're just just not able to close and that's not something that we really ever say about this team No, it was weird, and and when they, as you sort of mentioned, once they did sort of break away, I, th- I think they went down seventy to sixty-seven late in the third, and then they finished off with a fifteen to six run or whatever it was. And I thought that that was going to to really break the Suns, a team that hasn't really you know won many games at all, and they don't really have any right to believe that they can come back from ten points down yeah. against the, the best team in the NBA. But uh, they did it, and and we've seen a little bit of this from the Bucks recently, where and we've spoken a little bit about it, that they do play with gears and they, they, they are able to ramp up yep. the, the intensity at times and just sort of flick that switch, but it didn't happen tonight. And, and I don't know, um, 
you know whether that was a fatigue thing i know that they're not willing to say that but yeah, look it's been it's been it has been a tough trip and and they took uh took care of business at the start but um to me it looked like it ran out of they ran out a bit of legs and when you look at the the, the shooting across the board um that would that would certainly indicate that but this team you know they they've you know, you, you had the feeling that they were going to probably drop one of these games that where they weren't at their best, and they've got away with it so far. But maybe this is a, a little bit of a shot in the arm for them. Yeah, and it, I guess uh, again, you know, we're not trying to give excuses, but you know, you do look at those four teams when you start off with an overtime game against the Sacramento Kings, shorthanded. Like that's that's a lot. Like the Kings play at just a ridiculous pace, and you just end up having to deal with that and then you play the Lakers who are playing for their season and you manage to beat them and then you go to Utah a terrible place to play and I shouldn't say like the city is terrible but like the the crowd is engaged they are loud they are a pain in the ass and you know you have to kind of play through that and you know a little bit of altitude as well in the mountains like all of that and then you come into phoenix and you have to play this suns team who again like they're bad like i'm not trying to say they aren't but they have some young players who are really trying to you know prove some stuff and devin booker is always a pain to to cover like he's just a a tough cover in general and then you know aiden is playing well and he i I mean i was really impressed with him uh i think he's he's kind of a monster um i I don't know what his future in the league is but man he just he doesn't play like a rookie and he's big and strong and athletic so um you know he's giving you problems and then i i just thought man it it was it was a, a i think a really good performance from the suns and then you mentioned the missed shots and i i think that's gonna be what everyone circles and obviously that starts with Chris Middleton one of 13 on the night one of seven from three uh, minus 18 on the night 6.7 rebounds four assists and you know he was just flat out bad he, he couldn't he couldn't throw it in the ocean tonight like and again I think you could get through that if that was the only one of those uh, and then you know obviously there could be all this there could be tons of vitriol for Chris Middleton and how he's not a number two option and all that stuff like that could have been the whole conversation but on top of that you have Brooke Lopez go three for 11 and again that's a thing that Brooke Lopez does from time to time like there are nights where he shoots a bunch of threes and he misses them uh, he was two of nine from the three-point line tonight and you're like okay you know you could probably get to that well, Eric Bledsoe is 5 of 15. And again, Bledsoe's had games where, you know, he is on the quieter side of things uh, in the last month. And uh, he's played really well on this road trip. Obviously, he got the big extension. And, you know, okay, you can deal with that. Because at the trade deadline, you went out and you got a sharpshooter that can carry you through these rough nights. A guy that can go out there and hit some shots and really give you a boost. Well... That guy went 3 of 14 on the night. Nikola Miritich, 3 of 14, 3 of 10 from the three-point line. And, you know, when you add all those up, uh, I can't remember what the math was. I think it's 12 of 53. Those ones, those guys were from the field. And then what was the three? You had the three numbers for them. Yeah, I had, I had uh, Middleton, uh, Miritich, and, and Lopez, 7 of 38. So, yeah, I mean, that's 12 for 53, yeah, of those four. So... Yeah, Miritich was was the one that, um, and again, obviously Milton 
had a horror night. It, it just it, it didn't go well for him, and even his jump shots weren't going. But there was also times where he just seemed like he, and he's obviously not the most explosive player, but he did seem like he was a step slower and got his shot blocked a couple yeah. of times. And again, he wasn't the only one to get their uh, shot blocked. The, the Suns had ten blocks on the night. Ubre and, and Aiden, who you already touched on, had had some big like athletic plays. Bender even had a couple mm-hmm. himself. So yeah, uh, but Miritich probably. I mean, it was it was his worst performance since. Uh, since he came here I think pretty clearly he seemed a little bit lost at times he didn't seem too comfortable with the ball he did passed up a couple of shots Mm -hmm. and then the shots he were taking perhaps weren't the ones that you would want him taking so a really rough night for all these guys but um, it's been so rare that that four or five of the guys have been off on the same night that 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 the Bucks haven't had to worry about that and uh, I, I know I mentioned this to you but I, I just sort of find it ridiculous that they still were able to put up 105 points <laughs> uh, when you, you know they have a night like that bad. If you look at the box score without knowing the score, you'd probably be thinking, oh, they maybe they scored 80 points, 85 points. It's bad. It's it's um, it was pretty incredible, really. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I think the thing that stood out to me on top of all this is uh, you mentioned the blocks that that the Suns had and it just felt like every five minutes there would all of a sudden be another ball just swatted off of the glass and it was just like what like that's what when you watch the Bucks, that's what they do to teams like you see Giannis come for a chase down you see Brooke Lopez get a block like you see even Eric Bledsoe sometimes get blocks and you're just like yeah that's that they're like just overwhelming this team with their athleticism and you just watch it and and you kind of marvel at it and you know that was kind of the crazy thing and to me that uh, obviously bad shooting nights can happen but the one thing I found interesting was you know when you when you look at what the Bucks did tonight uh, 20 fast break points for them and uh, they get outscored in the paint Suns have 50 points in the paint Bucks only have 44 and when you when you look through that and you think about it uh, I thought the interesting thing was the Bucks are good in transition. Like they have a bunch of guys that execute really well in those spots. And, you know, just to see, like, obviously you can go back to the second quarter, the Bledsoe uh, attempted alley-oop to Giannis, which was just horrendous. Like, it was just a terrible pass. It wasn't even close. Uh, ended up getting Giannis's hand hurt a little bit, his right hand. Um, we talked to him about it a little bit after the game, but... He he said it, it was it was nothing, and he went to the trainer's room in Phoenix to get it checked out. And uh, he said he just went to the trainer's room because he knew the guy and wanted to say hi. Um, so he will downplay it because that's what he does. But obviously, we all saw it get taped up. Like we saw him uh, having a little bit of a wrap on his hand, around his thumb, up by his index finger. Um, so all of that happened. But you know. Getting back to transition basketball, that's a spot where the Bucks can thrive. That's a spot where, you know, you can really see the the physical tools and gifts that Giannis and Bledsoe have. And, you know, even uh, Brogdon at times uh, doesn't pass the ball well in transition, but he can score it. And, you know, just to have 20 fast break points like that. And so to leave so many on the on the table is kind of where it comes down to it for me. Is again, you know, maybe there's nights where they have more or less, but they had a bunch of opportunities, and those are opportunities that they normally cash in. 
Yeah, the, the transition game was something that Bud mentioned after the game. Giannis also mentioned it after the game. Um, they were really weren't happy with the way that they uh, executed and the way that, um, I guess... I mean, they were just sloppy with the ball, and the, you mentioned the other year. There was another one there where me and you sort of just looked at each other and, and said, well, "What? What did we just watch?" Where Giannis, like, I don't know what he was doing. He was fumbling with oh, the ball. Oh, he did like a, he tried to like a push pass. I, like I, I don't know what it was. I mean, it was Giannis. Uh, Middleton was running down the left side of the floor. I mean, it was a guaranteed two points, and somehow it ended up. I, I didn't. It's it was it was a complete mess, and and Giannis ends up with six turnovers of the night. Um, and you know that was sort of a little bit how it went. He he was just probably not as sharp as usual. Bledsoe had three turnovers as well, and they're the two guys that that you want running the transition game. So yeah, it's it's kind of hard to look back at this game and think of all the things that went wrong. And <laughs> again, we're talking about a game that they were in on the road at the end of a road trip in in, in the last minute. But geez, it was it was rough. I mean, we're 15 minutes in, and we still are finding things to say about what went wrong and again this isn't where i'm going to flip around and say all these things went right and put a happy spin on it no the bucks lost but it is kind of incredible to think that you need this many things to go wrong to get yourself into a spot where uh you know the bucks could actually lose a game (laughs) like that it i think it does speak to how good they've been um some of the other things i wanted to talk about uh i've had a number of people tweeted at me and you know i i i've obviously talked about his game before and you know, I think he does a lot of nice things that, that people can see. And, you know, you it's it's showy in a way. Um, and it's Pat Connaughton. Uh, when, when he's in the game, I think everyone sees that he's in the game. He flies around all over the place. Like, he's always trying to block shots. He's always trying to soar in for rebounds. And, you know, he's always out there trying to make plays. And, you know, tonight he played 21 minutes and took – one shot and had no points. And again, like he doesn't need to be a scorer, but what I think is, I don't want to say obvious because, uh, you know, some people might disagree with my assessment, but, you know, I think seeing Pat Connaughton play 21 minutes suggests that, well, things aren't quite right in the rotation. And obviously, you have an injury to George Hill, you have an injury to Sterling Brown. Uh, those are two guys that. Could really, I mean, Sterling Brown. There was a while where he was shooting fifty percent from the corners, uh, and you know that you, you miss that. You, you miss the like the sure-handed shooting of someone uh, that can hit corner threes like that. That's always a very re- reliable safety valve. Uh, you know, a nice warm blanket for Giannis to you know throw that into that corner and just watch Sterling Brown hit that three. And then, you know, George Hill, I thought from the time he came over, it was just, he's always been huge in, you know, like the moments where they need something. Like you think back to, uh, it was that Pacers game right before the break. Uh, he yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. He, he just has this big run in the third quarter, kind of keeps them alive. And then they win it in the fourth. And, uh, you know, I don't think George Hill's game is always perfect, but he does get you in and out of the offense. He, he does find a way to, you know, keep things moving. He moves the ball well. He plays, obviously, great defense. Like, he does a number of things that are really helpful. And you so you don't have him. You don't have Sterling Brown. Now there's there's times when the Bucks are not playing point guards uh, where they just decide, okay, we're going to go jumbo and it'll be – 
Giannis and Chris and Brooke and Miritich and Elias Silva, I think, was one tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's just all of these moments. And then on top of it, Pau Gasol plays for the Bucks for the first time tonight. And Pau is, is obviously there to, you know, trying to help out and make things flow better. But five minutes of someone who's been in your system for, I mean, uh, a day, like, a few hours. Yeah. Like, that again, he was plus Pau Gasol's minutes were plus one there. But again, you're looking at bench numbers and bench units and bench minutes where it's not what they were used to. It, it's not it, you're not having that same flow. And you know, we talked to Bud about it before the game, and he said, you know, we've been remarkably healthy this year. Like. I asked, you know, how long can you experiment before, you know, you want to be in the right spot for the playoffs and have your rotations ready to go? And he was just like, well, you know, we've been so consistent this entire year. Like, we've been able to play all the guys that we want to play. Our rotations have been what they need to be. And now we're kind of, I mean, in some ways scrambling a little bit. Like, uh, how do we get Pow involved? How do we get Miritich involved? How do we do all these things? And, you know, I do wonder if that is affecting their consistency some that you know in some of these games they're still trying to figure each other out a little bit yeah i think a strong point for this team all season is we've spoke about how guys just step in and contribute but um certainly the last couple of games bud has had to try a a whole heap of different things that he hasn't had to do before and and then at the same time you are trying to integrate Miritich into the system which is still super fresh even though it feels you know weirdly (laughs) like he's been around for a while and then Gasol today as well. So I was watching Powell actually out there on offense, and there was multiple times where he sort of like threw his hands like at the ball handler, the the, the whoever whoever was the ball handler at the time. Powell's like sort of like audibly like yelling out like, "What are we doing to yeah. this?" And you can't. I mean, like you said, he was there. This, he was there this morning. It's like I, you know, he's a veteran, and and he can he can slip into a team. But that that's, he got to play a little pickup with like some of the assistant coaches. With some of the assistant coach exactly. So. Look, uh, it was interesting, but with George Hill, so the thing they miss with George Hill, sort of as you mentioned, is he can actually initiate some offense and get into the paint and make things happen. Pat, that's not yeah. something he can do. Uh, it's with Sterling, he's physical, and he brings that physical play that, that Pat doesn't do either. So they've definitely missed those two, but I, I just looked, I pulled up Connaughton's game log as you were talking there, and on this road trip, he played 28 minutes against the Bulls, 25 against the Kings, 26 against the Lakers, 36 against Utah, and then 21 tonight. Um, it's a lot of Pat Connaughton. I mean, he's really been thrown into the rotation. He shoots four for 17 for three over those five games. Um, so, look, he's, he's done, he has done some nice things, and, and um, you know, he's also done some also <laughs> nice things and done some Pat Connaughton things where he will... Or, or just simply cannot keep his feet on the ground defensively and flies into the first Always. first row attempt in a shot block. Um, so that's that's kind of what he is. But I, I think that at this point with this team, it's maybe less is less is more with Pat in terms of if you're relying on him to play 36 minutes, they're probably more of an indication that you have got some guys missing or the game's not going to plan rather than uh, um, him, you know, playing well. And and again, like I don't I don't think this throws. The, the season into disarray or anything like that but this is I mean I, I think these next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting to watch as the Bucks try to figure out new rotations they try to figure out new players and then they try to get healthy as well because uh, I mean I think we've we've very much watched how 
Bud likes to lean on his veterans. We've seen that, obviously, he's going to go with Ersan. Uh, I know we talked about it earlier, but, you know, like, it, during the Lakers game, I thought he was terrible in the first half. And, you know, I didn't think it was uh, – I, I didn't think it was all that uh, – it was all that subtle. Like he was just bad in the first half of the Lakers game, and then he closes the game covering LeBron James. And you know, I asked Bud about his first half and how rough it was, and you know, like it just didn't seem like he could get anything going, like to go right. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he's covering LeBron James, and he's just like, "Well, you know, like I trust her son. Like that, I would disagree with your assessment yeah. that he was uh, that he was terrible or anything like that, and I would disagree with what you said about his first half." And it was just like, "Well, I mean, I think it was pretty apparent, but we do know that he's going to lean on his vets, and that makes this really difficult with those injuries because Hill and." Uh, Hill is is one of those guys that he's going to want to play. And we've seen Hill close games. We've seen him be up around 30 minutes before. And, you know, if he's the one sapping up those minutes instead of Pat Connaughton, you're, you're in a much better spot. But, like, it, this isn't, again, to blame Pat Connaughton for anything. Like, he's just being put into a role that speaks to, and his minutes speak to, you know, maybe a little bit larger problem uh, with this team that, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out exactly where their guard depth is. And, you know, we saw it last year with this team where uh, Brogdon went out and Della Vadova went out. And then it was Bledsoe and Brandon Jennings. And, like, that was a problem. So not having solid point guards to get you into the offense, uh, you know, I, I think can be really difficult. Yeah, we're, and we are, you know, I guess we should probably make it clear. We're, we're Pat Connor fans. We're not trashing Pat here at all, but... Um, you know, he, this is a guy that didn't really play for the best part of two months, and now he's playing 30, like high 20s, 30 minutes a game a out lot. of the blue. So, you know, that doesn't just happen. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and you you spoke about Gasol. I, it's, I don't know where this leaves DJ Wilson. I know uh, that Lakers game, I, I tweeted at the time, I, I just could not believe that Ersan was in the game ahead of DJ because Ersan was getting crushed. And, yeah. we, and there was one point there where... I think someone knocked the ball. It was pretty. It was funny. Like someone knocked the ball out of bounds, and Ersan sort of took a step towards the crowd, and he just had this. <laughs> and he like got in a deep. He like had a deep stare into the, the crowd. Not. A, he wasn't looking at anything in particular, but he looked like a broken man at that point. <laughs> he just got crossed out of his shoes, like yep. up the other end of the floor. He tried to take three charges on LeBron, that just ended up in LeBron walking in for a layup. Yep. It was just. It was not going well, but hey, he, he bounced back. But look. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with DJ and whether Power is now going to go ahead of the pecking order than then Wilson as well and and obviously Miritich is playing major minutes. There's there's all of a sudden a real logjam there and I, I think DJ is a guy that that we we both think has real value defensively in certain situations, but. I'm not sure whether Bud's even going to go down that path. It doesn't look like it at this point. No, it doesn't look like it, and I mean, it, I, I don't. I don't know if you want to say like you got to test things out or even that regular season minutes could get him ready for the postseason. But, you know, there has to be at least some thought that, well, you got to you got to get him some runs so he's ready to go for the playoffs. You got to get him in some different moments, some uh, some different spots. But, you know, maybe that isn't what they believe. Maybe they do think that you can just throw him out there and, and it will be fine. Um, so I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting to watch. Um, 
I guess I'm trying to think any other uh, real overarching thoughts I had from this game. Um, like I said, this is this is a game that I know uh, it, I think it'd be pretty easy to freak out about. Like, how the hell do you lose to the Phoenix Suns, and how the hell do you lose the Phoenix Suns twice in one season? Like, I I totally get it. Like, one of the worst teams in the league beat the best team in the league twice uh, this year. Two of the Bucks' 16 losses came at the hands of the Phoenix Suns. That's a, a crazy thing to say, but ultimately it happened. Uh, I think the Bucks weren't quite as focused as they needed to be in both those games. I think they didn't take the Suns quite seriously enough uh, in both those games. They played with their food a little bit, and in the end, the the Suns really made some plays. And, and I will say, you know, I thought... They hit some tough shots. Um, again, the players don't want to say it, but like that contortion Aiden makes mm-hmm. to get around Giannis, like if you can, and I don't want to say that was the game, but you know the game was certainly on the line in that moment. Uh, and you know if before the game, uh, I got to tell you, okay, one hundred three, one hundred five, you're down two, and your chance in this game, your chance to get another shot that could possibly tie the game or win the game, uh, to get that chance, you get DeAndre Aiden dribbling the ball in from the three-point line, and you get Giannis at the rim. Every Bucks fan is going to take that. Every single one, because that's a, a stop Giannis makes. Uh, I think players at the rim uh, so probably about six out of ten times seven out of ten times like i think every bucks fan would have all the confidence in the world in that and aiden makes a really good play and uh the bucks just didn't have that those answers that they had it for a little bit in that fourth quarter when they went back and forth but in the end it was just the suns had shots go down and you know the bucks had had some turnovers uh brooke lopez had a bad one uh that he he was obviously regretting uh, not taking a shot. You know, Eric Bledsoe had uh, just a, a missed little uh, floater that didn't quite fall. Like uh, Bledsoe had that uh, Bledsoe had a jumper as well that didn't go. Like the Bucks just just didn't have a couple shots going. No, yeah, they they the offense. I, I don't think. Um... You know, I, I think that they got good looks, and, and I think mm-hmm. that there were shots that they would normally make, but it was just the um, the tail of the night, really, that they just couldn't finish. And and that Aiden play over Yana, so as it was happening, I was thinking in my head that okay, no, this is this is going to be embarrassing. Giannis is just going to probably block the ball, get the ball, and start a transition. The Bucks are going to score, and then that's going to change this the the last minute of this game. But when he scored. I mean, it was just one of those things. You're like, okay, I guess this is the way this night is going for the Bucks. And it was it was super impressive. You you already mentioned that, uh, it, you know, physically he he belongs out there. But you know, for for a uh, for a rookie, he is like, uh, I mean, he's a man. He is yes. not. No one's pushing him around anyway. I'll say that. And I'm I'm not sure how that translates. So he doesn't really shoot the jump shot at all. Didn't take a three tonight, but. Uh, He's a real player. That was the first time I uh, seen him that close. Anyway, where we yeah. were sitting, and, and yeah, he's he's a big guy. But for the Bucks, I I've kind of always had this feeling that you know maybe losing two games in a row and getting that monkey off the back might be a good thing before the playoffs because I just you know maybe maybe not. But mentally, I think if you 
lose a game in the playoffs and then the pressure that oh you get all the way to the first second round and you haven't lost back to back if you lose back to back in the playoffs and you know things can start to get a little bit yeah. shaky so i you know f- just from that point of view I, I i don't think anyone should be too upset about that stat no and i think the i think what'll make this interesting is i know at the start of the year uh you know i kept telling people like you know everything's going great now but it'll be interesting to see how this team reacts when you know they have like their first three game losing streak um they haven't done that yet this is they've lost two games now uh and that's the longest that they've lost so uh again i don't think adversity is the right word to use for what they're going through right now but they lost two in a row and uh you know i think we'll kind of see how they respond and uh they have the pacers on thursday uh, as a tnt game but they are back at Pfizer form and uh we'll see what they can do there but i know i will say this kane um i think both of us could use that time off as well i think both of us will be quite pleased uh to sleep in our own beds tomorrow uh, and not be out on the road anymore. So if we feel that way, um, <laughs> I would I would guess NBA players who you know are actually doing things and not just sitting on their ass watching basketball. Like they they might be feeling that same way. So uh, we'll see how all that goes. Uh, Kane, thanks for coming by. Yeah, anytime. It was uh, a nice end to the trip, I would say. Yeah, not bad. I'm uh, as I mentioned at the top, it's. You know, I, I told you earlier, we go back to Milwaukee tomorrow and I, I feel like my arms are going to be my brand, brand, new, uh, brand new winter jacket I've got. I, I think they're going to be keeping me warm for the next couple of days, so we might need that after being in the, in, in the sun here yesterday at, yes. the, at the Brewers game. Yeah, yeah yes we will. Um, yeah, Operation Ursan was a success. We, we took care of business and, and got our sunburns here. Um, so we will, we will be back in Milwaukee, and I'll be back here on Lockdown Bucks tomorrow. So for Frank Men, for Kane Pittman, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks.